Hello, hello. Welcome back to the new Bucket List Podcast. My name is Lisa, your Bucket List Coach. Today on the podcast, I've got Sa'ana Kolyanin, former professional volleyball player for five years in Germany, France, and for the Finnish national team. She's now a volleyball coach and consultant spreading awareness about athletes' mental health, noting that it is just as important as physical health, if not more. Thank you so much for joining me, Zana. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I, I'm excited too. I mean, I've never played professional sports or even sports really in front of a crowd. So I can't imagine how much pressure and how, I guess, uncomfortable it would be to uh, to do that. So that's amazing that you've done it for so long. Yeah, or we can look at look at it kind of like from the other perspective, how awesome it is that there are actually going to be people on the stands and want to see us play. So I always kind of enjoyed the crowds and also the pressure when it was kind of healthy pressure I, I, love- I loved it like I could just like I loved it <laughs> yeah I love that that's a, such a great reframe where I think of it as just immense pressure and you're like no cheer me on let's go <laughs> that's awesome. yeah because the more people there is the more kind of like the atmosphere there is gonna be and you don't have to do as much as like fueling everything and just like being the loudest person on the court, if there's a lot of people watching and cheering, it, you're just like, oh, great. Now I don't have to focus on that. I can just play and enjoy this. That's how I took it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So is so when you're when you're playing a sport professionally, how does the mental aspect affect the physical aspect of playing in front of crowds? Oh, a lot. I think many of us have already heard like it's basically like 90% mental and then 10% is actually what you do. But because you're like simply put, like our body body is controlled and moved by our brain. So like our body is a body, but then our mind really defines more like how do we use it and how well we can use it or make the best out of it. So a crazy simple exam- example too, like about the pressure that you just mentioned. So mm-hmm. if our mind goes like, oh, pressure, oh, pressure, 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 and then we start feeling it, then later on when we start feeling it, we usually feel it in our body. So then our body goes also like, oh, pressure. So that means we need to get more tense so we can protect our human being from the pressure. And then it also is going to show in our performance a little bit. So it kind of looks like little tense or maybe it doesn't even look like for the audience who's like watching it from the distance but like your teammates will kind of like feel it or see it that oh she's today a little tense and we can see that she's feeling the pressure so then it's kind of spreading so that's one of those things where you can just like easily understand like how well the mind can affect or how much it can really affect your body as well so for me I, it was everything. Like if I, if my mind was in the right place, my body was in the right place, and that was that was the golden times. That's so interesting. That if one person on the team is feeling the pressure, that it spreads to the rest of the team. That is, I've never thought of it that way. I always thought it was a very individual, like kind of self pressure, I guess, self imposed pressure. But wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I think it, it definitely goes both ways. So there is like internal pressure as well as external mm-hmm. pressure. 
but some people are also way more tuned in to like feel and see whatever is going on outside of yourself. So then if your teammate is tense and then you have also maybe some kind of performance anxiety or you're a little bit tense too and nervous how this is going to go. And if you're seeing that your teammates is struggling, it doesn't give you kind of like the more confidence of like, yeah, sure. This is awesome. This is how it should go. She's also freaking out. So now I should be freaking out. But, you know, but for sure, there's yeah. also players who can just like ignore everybody that is like around them and they can focus on themselves. So it really comes down to like the individual and how our minds are kind of trained or just like what's the pattern inside us that we usually use when the pressure hits us. And that's super interesting. That's what I love to do my work with, like all the pressure stuff and what's kind of like our natural tendencies. What do we tend to do and yeah. all that. Because it, it affects us so much. So I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting how each person processes pressure and how they handle it, whether it mm -hmm. is external or internal. That's wow. That's really interesting. I never, when I'm under pressure, I usually feel like it's self-inflicted. Um, I'm, I'm making assumptions about that I'm under pressure from the outside, but it's really me doing it to myself. <laughs> yeah, it often is. It truly is. And for me as well, I think I was the worst kind of like a pressure cooker for myself. Like oh, I just yeah. put myself inside and just closed the lid and kind of <laughs> made things hard. <laughs> Way too hard for myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's so different. So what, what aspects of the mental of your mental game sh should athletes focus on or even be aware of because they may not even know that they're doing it? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. I think there's so many ways you can go about this. Um, I think something that is that we can always kind of take as a reference point is that flow experience. So because everybody mm. knows basically how that feels when we just know that we're, we don't even have to think we're just like, in volleyball, for example, or soccer, ball games usually, you know where the ball is going to go. You're like half a second early and you're not controlling your mind in any way or your body. You just let it do whatever. It, like it knows where to be and how to do things. And that's when we usually rock our performance as well. And then later on, we're just like, oh my God, how did we do that? That was awesome. Like, did I even, yeah. like, was it me who was playing or performing? Like, I'm usually not that good. But that's the glimpse how good we can be if we can let go. So yeah, I heard I was listening to Lewis Howe's podcast, and he had um, this was a few I think probably about a month ago. I'm really behind uh, this uh, Doctor Sion, and she said that uh, she's a sports psychologist, I believe. Mm -hmm. Don't don't take take my word for it. And she um and she had said that when you're under pressure and you're instead of being in a, allowing yourself to go into a flow state and you start overthinking you're thinking oh well what what do i do with my my wrist exactly. and then you're going to screw it up because you're overthinking it instead of just instead of just doing it yeah exactly so, so then um to your question like how like how should we be aware of it or like what should we focus on as athletes then if, like because all of us know that flow experience and how it kind of feels when we are in it. So then do we have any ways uh, to get there? Like, do we know how do we get there? And that's, I think, one good reference mm -hmm. point. And then the second yeah. one is like, 
are we is it like more often that we just feel after games like oh, I know I I can do so much better and something was just like holding me back all the time so if we have mm. more of those experiences I think then we are just there is something so much more in us that we have to learn how to release and that usually is the mental aspect because if you have yeah. like you know experienced the flow experience you know it's there you know you can get mm-hmm. there and then if more of the situations where you are in and you're performing kind of under that level yeah then mm-hmm. we should probably focus more a little bit like how to release that power that you really actually have inside you but you some for some reason just like mentally maybe overthink it because that's one of the most common ones just like overthinking everything <laughs> i know it <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely definitely well i've heard that visualization can really help athletes i've heard this a thousand times do you believe visualization can really help performance 100 percent. and i even started doing it even before it was a thing you know, like I was just like sitting, oh. I think many athletes do it, like some athletes do it like kind of naturally too. So when, for example, we were driving um, to a game that we had soon, we we're sitting in a bus and all, everybody has their headphones on and something. So I was always picturing myself mm-hmm. doing the right things, kind of like creating my successful performance. And then later oh. on, I learned all the, like how it's scientifically proven as well. Like your mind doesn't even know the difference between the, if it ha- actually happens in the real life or if it just happens in Mm -hmm. your mind but still you can create those like paths in your mind so it's crazy you can basically create the way you want to perform and one good thing about like when I was then professional and started doing a little bit more is like I heard this from Michael Gervais who's a sports psychologist and very good one so then Mm -hmm. also using visualization as a way to visualize your struggles that are going to happen on the court. So maybe using like maybe 10%. So like 90% of them will be positive, successful stuff that you have done and you feel it and you just really go through the, like, how do you feel when you're in the flow experience? And then 10% Mm -hmm. of it can be like when something goes wrong. So for me, example, I could take an example. It's easy to take take these examples from volleyball. Um, So (laughs) let's say I I, I shank a pass twice. And I can see myself mm-hmm. being like, okay, getting tense. Like I should not be shanking passes. Definitely not two in a row. So now I'm yeah. struggling. But then <sighs> I, then I can see myself also going for like, okay, I have this thought that usually brings me back to this moment. And then I see myself doing like, let's say, some little mindfulness ritual or breathing, like taking a very deep breath, and then kind of like doing something that I've known that works for me to like release the pressure and get back to this present moment. So then when that, oh, yeah. yeah, when it actually happens, then I've kindly experienced it already and I know how to get out of it. So then you have the oh, plan wow. B for it. And that was a kind of game changer for me as well, because like you are going to struggle physically, like in every single match or competition that you are going to have, it's not going to be all just like dreams and rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> yeah so yeah that was I love like, that that, you... that was so helpful yeah it's almost like you've created like a, like a trigger to put your to take yourself out of that pressure state and back into a flow yeah and when you come to that moment That's where awesome. it actually was like okay now I'm struggling and you'll be like okay but I have a way to get out of this 
I've practiced it. I know what I'm gonna do. So then you don't like waste your energy of like just panicking and I don't know what to do. Like I just shank two passes and I'm gonna shank the third one. But like then you can bring the thought to yourself and just train yourself getting out of those situations faster. So visualization, definitely go for it and stick with it. I have so much trouble with visualization. I'm doing a uh, phase one of 75 hard and you have mm-hmm. to do 10 minutes of visualization and I struggle with it. I've got like monkey brain. I'll start to visualize myself, you know, getting on a stage and then I'm somehow like, oh, what am I going to eat for dinner? And uh, <laughs> then I'm thinking about work tomorrow and what workout I'm going to do later. I have a lot of trouble with visualization you're definitely not alone like i think that's majority of people 10 minutes is a long time just with your thoughts without like having any kind of like distracting thoughts and they're gonna for let's say 99 percent of people 10 minutes there there are gonna be those distracting thoughts so then like how the mindfulness people teach it it's just like just let your mind wander but then gently bring it back to the thing that you're trying to do that's why you sat down but no judging like i'm, I'm yes. just i just suck yeah. at this and i never do it the right way so <laughs> oh yes just begin again begin again yeah exactly. uh, so what what is what is the difference between playing a sport professionally versus non-professionally uh that kind of Depends. Is, I think like, is there a con- difference? Like, is the pressure different? Yeah, there definitely is a difference mentally. Um, so, non-professional sports might mean that you're still super competitive, and then usually you have also something else to do with your life. So there's might be like school or a job. So then your do- time is divided between mm-hmm. those two. And I think mentally it can be oh. really hard if you're trying to do everything perfectly. Because then if you're like ah. having both like 110%, it's going to drain many of us out eventually. So that's something like, I think the balance when you're doing it, like doing sports non-professionally, but super competitively at the same time is, mm-hmm. is kind of hard. So then like having more self-compassion of like, okay, this doesn't have to be perfect, but if I get it done by 6 p.m., it's okay. And then you can have like one hour of self-care or something because usually if it's non-professional yeah. athlete and they have lots of other stuff to do, then usually you are not yeah. taking care of yourself and because the time is the restraint there because you don't have a lot of time. Oh, wow. And then if you're professional, then mentally it's like, I. so let's think about like from the first year you get to the professional stage and you're just like, oh my God, I made it. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. And you have like this beginner's mindset about it. Like, oh my God, I made it. This is my dream. I'm here. You're so happy. And, but you should stay there. You should stay there and being like, just like happy that you're there <laughs> and curious how good you can be in this new environment. But often ah. I see like the professional when like, when we move into that professional state, speaking from an experience as well, um, then we mm-hmm. have this label, like we label ourselves as professional and that professional status basically then creates all kinds of like, well, I should be better than this, or I should be now worth the money that I am getting. So we're just putting like more pressure on us 
and then start comparing ourselves to something else, even though we would just got to that stage of professional professional teams or something. And there's always going to be somebody who's oh, better wow. than you, basically. So then yeah. the, the pressure is different. So it really comes down to like how you handle it. And I'm just hoping that more people would stay curious in all of those environments and seeing like, okay, how good can I become today? Or how good I can be tomorrow, but not just like, okay, I should be this, or I should already be done that, or I should look this way because I'm a professional athlete. Yeah. Because that's where usually all the, or like many of the eating disorders also start because they, people feel like they should look a certain way oh, wow. when, they have, when they have this like professional athlete status on them. That's my experience. But yeah, oh, wow. there's a That's difference, a whole... but both of them can have like good and bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that that's a really important message to stay curious instead of putting the pressure on yourself that you should be at a certain skill level where you should be curious as to how good you can get. I love that message. Yeah, and I think it works also outside so, of sports. Like once you step into a new level, mm -hmm. like you deserve to be there. That's why you got to that level. But we often lose the openness yeah. to like that. Like, okay, now if you if I if you step up, you probably are gonna be the beginner on that stage, which be, kind of brings some uncomfortableness yeah. with it. But if we are not able to see it as like from the curious and open perspective of like, okay, great, how good I can become today with whatever I'm doing right now, then it's going to feel more like harder than it should be because then we're not just not open enough. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. I mean, I, when I went to, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm like a beginner entrepreneur and when like super beginner, mega, like infant beginner. Um, so when here. I went to the summit of greatness, when I went to the summit of greatness, I was immediately having a, like an anxiety attack. I was like, I shouldn't be here. I don't yeah. belong here. Why, why did I come here? And I really needed to realize that everybody was new at some point and look what they, look what they did. Look uh, at the level they're at. So yeah. they did it. So that means I can do it too. They were new. They didn't start at this level. Yeah, love it. Exactly. So that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that was, just, uh, like, that was the my... Of greatness stage just by, you know, in a second or overnight. So they all had to start somewhere and we're all kind of like have to go the same, same stages. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You'll always be, always be a beginner, always be a learner. That's, uh, mm -hmm. and always be curious. I love that. I'm going to... Yeah. I don't remember that. Uh, so is there, is there even a way athletes can prepare for high pressure situations, whether it be tryouts or a big game? Like how do you practice being used to under, to be uh, being under pressure? Is there a yeah. way? Yeah, you can absolutely train it. I think that's one of the like false beliefs that like pressure control or whatever you want to call it. I just call it pressure control is somehow like natural mm -hmm. talent but like it's definitely trainable <laughs> like as coaches like if you can give your players 
clues that they can focus on something else than just like the outcome because usually the outcome is the one that then is like causing us the anxiety because we are living into that future scenarios that haven't even happened yet yeah and we are living the worst case scenario of like oh my god we're not gonna make it to the team or we're gonna get cut out or i'm gonna fail and everybody's gonna laugh and criticize me and so on so like i think many people do recognize those thoughts and go through those thoughts so for me and for very many athletes mindfulness is one of those keys that like if we learn how to like focus on our breath and even having like Mm -hmm. two seconds breaks somewhere in the competition and you can focus on back to the present moment and your breathing you have then at the same time, the thoughts of the anxious future scenario is going to be a little further away. And it gives you a little bit more distance to those thoughts and they don't feel like as suppressing anymore. So that's one of the keys that I think is super important. Wow. And, and then the second thing is non-judgmental approach. So whatever, like we often play or perform And whatever we do, then we judge it based on like, it's going to be, this is right. This is wrong. Oh my God, this is so bad that I'm doing or, okay, now this is good, (laughs) but, but it's never like, like non-judgmental. So let's say you can also just like see it from the non-judgmental perspective where like, for example, you touch the ball some certain way, you don't judge the end result. You just try to be curious again, a curious and just see like, okay, how were your hands on that situation? And then you see, like, look at your hands, Mm -hmm. see like, okay, now my left wrist was on that kind of position that caused the ball to go that direction, but I can fix this. And then you move on. So Uh when you like play the game or perform your competition, whatever sport it is or performance, kind of like moment by moment, not judging yourself or your performances mm-hmm. in sets like that, like all the end results should be like good or bad, then that also removes the pressure so much. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, that is, that's, that's great. That is, I never, I, I kind of had guesses at what you, how you might answer that question mm-hmm. and uh, nope, I was wrong. <laughs> not close. <laughs> There, there, are, there are many so, ways, wow, <laughs> but I think those two are one of yeah. the, like my favorite ones. And also just like as a coach now, um, how do I try to like convey my players that the end result is not the most important. So I try to make it like, I really care about them. I trust them and they are so much like more valuable mm-hmm. than the end result is going to be. So I'm just like, I'm there to support them and trust in them and just care about them so that the end result yeah. is not going to be bigger than the person and her or his value is is that what you would suggest to other coaches or is there any other advice you would give to coaches to help athletes and their mental game um i think it comes also down a little bit like what's your coaching style and how you can use your personality mm-hmm. the best to support the players that you have because every single player is different and we as coaches are very different too but definitely just mm-hmm. having some kind of background of how to improve the mental performance or mental toughness um however you call it or then maybe having some kind of like outside help 
that people could use, even if it's like、mm-hmm. a sports psychologist or some kind of like little consultations here and there, and dropping those、yeah. like hints to them from the young age on that they are more valuable as human beings than the actual numbers on the scale or、mm-hmm. on the end results or whatever it is, because usually it is a number game and it's competitive environment. So we often get too stuck、mm-hmm. on the numbers and they and letting them kind of like. Determine the value of us instead of realizing like it's、oh, a game、wow. and we do it and it's our performance that determines the end result in some sort like in to certain extent. But then at the end of the game, when the game ends, we are still there, you know, and the performance is over, but the human、yeah. is there and the value is still there. So that's、yeah. something I wish I could see、oh, more, I love that. like even more on the、um, coaching world. That's a great message to coaches. So, what advice would you give to athletes to help them、uh, with their、um, with their mental game that so it would improve their、um, physical game? I think those couple of things that I kind of mentioned already, like mindfulness, like start, like I know it's some so some people take it more like, oh no, it's gonna be boring. I hate it and rolling their eyes. Sure, <laughs>、yeah. it doesn't sound、yeah. super media sexy, you know. But <laughs> but once you learn how like、yeah. how much it can benefit you, like why would you not try to improve your performance? That's like if you want to get better, you probably do want to、yeah. try some mindfulness practices so you can control your mind better, you can control your emotions better, and then you can also control the ball or whatever the、um, playing game is. So then you can control your performance、yeah. also better. And I think overall, athletes and coaches, we could talk more about mental health, also the negatives, also the pressure situations, and also. Something that makes us feel like a little bit uncomfortable, and we haven't really talked about them yet. But like, if we have these honest conversations, sometimes I think it could really strengthen the trust in the team and between athletes as well. When they know, like, okay, she feels the same way as I do. Oh, that was surprising. Well, now I know how I can help her. So, all of that is something also that I wish we could see more in the sports world. Oh, definitely. Just the communication, seeing the athletes as as people,、oh, yeah. and treating them like people、yes. as individuals that don't. That everyone gets people get just like in school. Everyone learns differently. Same with athletes; they all、uh, train differently. It could be coached differently. They respond to different things. Like some people like to get yelled at. Some people do not <laughs>、yep. like to get yelled at. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I was so well said. Well put. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness! As so,、uh, where can the people find you?、Um, I'm probably most active right now on Instagram. So my name Sana Kolyanen on Instagram, and then I now have a website. It's kind of under construction, but some new changes coming in September. So that's sanakolyanen dot com,、mm-hmm. where you can also find the personal and behavior、mm-hmm. assessments that I'm making with athletes and teams and coaches. Which is awesome. Ooh, I'll have to、uh, look out for those. I will put your social and website links in the description. So here's the last question I ask all my guests. So, if you died today, 
what would you be pissed that you didn't get to do? Hmm. It's a tough one. There are many things. I I don't think I'm ready to go. <laughs> but I think the most... I say the same thing. I'm not telling you. Yeah, but the thing that I would get kind of like most pissed would probably be something bigger. Like I wouldn't be able to see how awesome my life will turn out to be and how amazing things like mm -hmm. me and my loved ones are doing in this world and how great they are becoming and yeah, what they are also achieving. And I would miss that. So that would make me pissed. I love it. Yes, the possibilities are absolutely endless. I love that. So that's all for the podcast. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Again, check the description for the links to uh, Sa'ana's content and her website and those assessments with, I think, uh, coaches and athletes definitely want to check out. So thank you so much for joining me today, Sa'ana. And you. Uh, to my listeners. I believe in you and you got this.